Welcome to Words That Ordain podcast, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is a fascinating chapter for it covers many spectacular events that took place that we might be empowered by the Holy Ghost to set the tone. Let us read the first verses and then we'll dive into our lesson. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I, I like to call them very important points or principles to live by. I like to call them words that ordain or set in motion or establish our lifestyle. And as we go through this chapter, we're going to take a look at those principles and kind of look at this chapter from a different point of view. And we pray that these thoughts and these principles will help you to lead and guide your life in a manner that pleases God. One of the first principles that we come across, even in the first verse, deals with the fact that they were in one place and on one accord. They had one purpose, and that purpose was to wait for the promise back in chapter 1. And even in St. Luke chapter 24, at the end of the chapter, Jesus gave them instructions to wait for the promise. The disciples went and they waited in one place, on one accord, a matter of 10 days of waiting with one purpose to receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. And I pray that we begin to endure and to press, become more single in our purpose to worship God, single in our purpose to obey God. For we have many times scattered minds and we're so distracted by life and life struggle. But I want to encourage you that we need to be able to have a singleness of mind. And that mind is to please God. When we have a mind to please Him, we'll begin to see how all of God's promises are true. He told them to wait for the promise. And in verse 4, it tells us, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Those that were in the upper room were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we know that God's promises are true because the promise came through the Holy Ghost and they all spake with other tongues as evidence of the promise being fulfilled. I want you to know, even as... The Holy Ghost is present with us even today. He's within us. It's the Spirit of God. Wherever the Spirit of God, there's activity, there's motion, things happen. And yet another principle that we can pull from these verses in verse 6, it begins to deal with us in the fact that wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there'll be signs and wonders. I hope that you know that God enjoys healing. God enjoys delivering and setting us free and revealing the word to us and making the word plain to our understanding that we might live more like him. And wherever we allow the Holy Ghost 
or the Spirit of God to function as we're obedient and submit our lives to Him, things will happen. Because the Holy Ghost, His whole purpose is to teach us and to guide us into all truth. And that is the life of Jesus. There was no sin in Jesus. His whole purpose was to glorify God, to complete God's will and purpose and instructions for his life. Because we are followers of Jesus, we have the same mandate that we obey God, obey his word, make sure that our lives are found in obedience to the word of God, dealing with our families, dealing with our enemies, dealing with those that hate us. It is our job to mimic or to to live the very character of Jesus in our own personal lives. So we find that in verse 6, the scripture says, Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And again, this was a sign. This was a wonder because these are all Galileans. They weren't educated men. And they spoke in other languages. Remember, the Feast of Pentecost was upon them. So people were there from all over. And when they began to speak in other tongues, they could hear their own languages being spoken by very simple men. And they knew that, he said, how could these men speak in a language that they don't know? Well, that was one of the signs that the Holy Ghost used to validate his promise and that it had come true because they spoke with other tongues. And we find that God proves his word. I know many times we say, even the intellectuals will tell you that, that the, the Bible is inaccurate. But I contend that there is no inaccuracies in God's word. In verse 16, Joel prophesied of this very event. We jump down to verse 16, it says, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. David even prophesied in verse 25. It says, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Establishing the fact that if God says something, if Jesus says something, if the Holy Ghost says something, it's proven. We can take it and stand upon it. And if we stand upon God's word, it may not make sense to our own understanding. But if we stand upon it and do it, the will of God will be accomplished. And oftentimes these types of sayings or principles don't make a lot of sense to us because we want to be able to understand what we're saying. We want to be able to say, well, if I don't understand it, I'm not going to do it. Uh, that's a poor way of thinking because many times we don't even know how an aspirin works. Many times we'll plop down in a chair, but we don't even check to make sure the chair can withstand our weight. You know, many times we're driving down the road. We don't know what the other drivers are going to do on the road, but we jump in our cars and we drive. And so we do not have to have understanding in order for us to function. And I pray that we as God's people begin to really put our faith, uh-huh, faith, faith and our trust in him so that 
we walk by faith and not by sight, not by circumstance. And so we, we find that God's word is proven to us over and over again. And as we consider Acts chapter 2 and the, the uh, promise of the Holy Ghost coming, and we see it, the words being spoken by the disciples, they were speaking in an unknown, unknown language. And those that were attending the Feast of the Passover heard their own languages being spoken by some unlearned men. It testified to the fact that God's word is true. As we move to verse 21, verse 21 reads, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as we read this scripture, remember this was the beginning of the first church and the first sermon is in the process of being preached and wanted the people to know that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved from damnation. And as believers, when we believe that Jesus is a Christ and that God has raised him from the dead, Scripture tells us, thou shalt be saved. As they begin to share God's word and God's plan, another point that we came across is the fact that God approved Jesus by the miracles and the wonders and the signs. And if I live like Jesus, miracles, signs, and wonders will be manifested in my life as well. Verse 22 says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So if God is approving Jesus and miracle wonders and signs are happening as a follower of Jesus, I'm approved by the fact that I'm following Jesus and God has already approved Jesus. So therefore, you ought to expect miracles, signs, and wonders to happen in your lives as we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. For if I submit myself to the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit has, he said, he will teach us and guide us in all truths. Well, who is truth? Jesus was the truth. And if he's the truth, and he is, then if I receive him into my life, truth will become a part of me. So then I too will act, walk, and talk even as Jesus did. Another principle to live by we can find in verse 36. Therefore let the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. This is an interesting verse because God made Jesus both Lord and Christ for us. Lord being one who has power and authority a master, a ruler. And then Christ is the anointed or the savior, one who saves or preserves or delivers from destruction or danger. And as we consider this verse 36, the principle that we can live by is the fact that Jesus wants to be the governor, have the power and the authority 
and the ability to save each of our lives. And it is up to us to allow him to govern our lives. If we allow him to govern, he will make way. If we allow him to govern, he will protect. He will provide. He will be our deliverer. He'll be our healer. He'll be our way maker. There's a tremendous verse that if we really grab a hold of this principle, we have the keys to success, to maturity. Now, as the, the people heard these words being spoken, it pricked their hearts. It really got their attention. And Peter then began to preach to them salvation. Repent in verse 38 and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Once we believe that Jesus is a Christ, the gift of the Holy Ghost is here for us. As we submit ourselves to him, he has a special gift that will empower us. He will empower us to be a witness of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because the disciples, all they did was go about telling of Jesus. They weren't coming up with their own text. They weren't coming up with their own exploits. All they did was talk about Jesus. And as we begin to function through the Spirit of God in our lives, all we have to talk about is Jesus. Not my ability to heal, not my ability to cast out devils, not my ability to make your bills go away. My job is to promote Jesus Christ and him alone. If we promote Jesus, he said that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that should be every believer's goal. As Peter preached, the people gladly received his words and were baptized. It says in verse 41, and over 3,000 souls were added to the church. And you know, they didn't stop there. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. We as a people of God have a responsibility not just to sit in a pew, but we have a responsibility to follow in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, learn the ways of Jesus, learn the instructions, his precepts, his commandments. It's our duty to spend time in understanding the word and receiving revelation from the Spirit of God so that we know how to live, how to walk, how to talk in a manner that pleases him. Uh, fellowship and the breaking of bread. We, I can't do it alone. Remember this thing all started. They were all together in one place on one accord, so I can't do it on my own. Well, we can, but we get better results when we follow the scripture. The scripture says, and they all got together in one place with one purpose. And I pray that we begin to reach out and find a brother, a sister that we can link with and believe in God together and watch the power of God really begin to function in each of our lives. And so they continued in teaching and instructions daily with one accord, with singleness of heart and praising God. And in verse 46, it reads, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. Did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. This principle is foundational to our church's 
growing and becoming what they ought to be. We must begin to learn how to live in one accord in our churches. Many times our churches are full of division and confusion, but we've got to come on one accord, be filled with the Spirit. We're to break bread and have fellowship, not only at church, but from house to house. And we have to have a singleness in our heart to really praise and magnify God in our living, not just with our lips, but with our living for my actions dictate whether I love God. For the scripture says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments to be saved. Oftentimes we wonder why our churches are not growing. We wonder why signs and wonders are not functioning in our midst. We're praying for healing, but healing never comes. We pray for deliverance and it never comes. We need to be filled with the spirit and receive the promise that Jesus left. He said, if I don't go away, the comforter cannot come. So we pray that you would begin to focus on being filled with the Spirit. More spirit, less flesh. Pray that this word blesses you.